0: Happy Monday. This is Cordelia on the We Heal Together podcast. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than usual. This is the first episode I'm doing called Life Lesson, where I'm actually going to talk about a life lesson that I learned in my own experiences. So in the future, if you see Life Lesson in the title, that is going to be the style that the podcast will be in. Rather than being the typical episode where I structure the episode around hours of research and books and studies, these episodes are going to focus on my own experiences and the life lesson that the episode is about. Today's episode is about Probably I would say the biggest lesson I've learned in my entire life, and that is to stop trying to change people, and it's not okay to try to change people. Super excited for this episode. If you listen to this podcast regularly, I would love if you would leave me a review, and also to subscribe to the podcast would be wonderful as well. If you like the content, definitely follow me on Instagram. My account is at codependent Alright, friends, let's get healing. interested to hear the responses of how you guys like this episode compared to previous ones I've done. The life lesson we're talking about today is the biggest life lesson I have learned so far in my 30 years on this planet Earth. I actually did not learn it until 2020, so aka last year and when I turned 30, and it is to stop trying to change people. It's not okay, and it, it's not beneficial for anybody involved. The big takeaway today is you cannot force someone else to change. People are only ever going to change if they want to. It's not something that can be forced, and if you're trying to change your friend or your partner, this is a pretty good indication that that person just isn't a good fit for you in your life. Looking back, I have absolutely been toxic in the past when I actively encouraged a partner to change X or Y about themselves. And I really do regret that. Regardless of where those intentions came from or the root of where that behavior was coming from on my part, it still was toxic and it wasn't okay that I did it. And I truly feel, I feel awful that I potentially impacted another person and made that person feel like they need to be anybody else besides themselves. Rather than acknowledging, hey, you know what, this person just isn't a good fit for me. My brain definitely registered incompatibility as an infraction or reflection of my own self-worth. Incompatibility translated in my mind as, see, okay, Cordelia, you are a loser that's really an irrational thought. It's an irrational way of thinking. I would think, okay, if this person just changed a bit, we'll definitely work out. And then see, I am lovable and I'm not a loser. That's distorted thinking. Here's the thing though. I wasn't doing myself any favors by staying with somebody I wanted to change. And I, absolutely wasn't doing them any favors either. I think incompatibility can feel so personal, but it's really not. It's not a reflection of your worth. It's statistics. You just aren't going to vibe with everybody. That's just a fact of life. It has nothing to do with how great of a person you are. Here's some things that I did and these are from not necessarily one particular relationship but I'm looking across several that I would consider trying to change somebody else or hoping that somebody else would change. So first, Staying with somebody, staying in a toxic relationship, hoping that the other person would change. Okay, that's not accepting the person in front of you. Pushing somebody to find work when they were not employed. So I was actually finding the opportunities for that person, reaching out for two colleagues. I mean, the place that he works at currently is the job that I got him his only income that I am aware of from last year was from another colleague that I had set him up with and that's trying to change somebody even if you think you're doing the good stuff for them and you know you're setting them up with these opportunities They should be doing that themselves. Like, I'm not a life coach, I'm not a career advisor, I'm not your mom. I shouldn't be pushing somebody to have the work ethic that I have in a relationship. I have been disappointed by somebody for not changing, even though, I mean, they never really wanted to change. and. Frankly, they were just doing what they always had done. I had no right to be disappointed by somebody or get frustrated at it. I mean that's a clear example of okay Cordelia that's sh- that wasn't the person for you. You know you were trying to make this person into somebody they weren't. I got frustrated with partner who would sleep late and again just didn't have much of a work work ethic. And what that tells me is I need to be committed to somebody. I need to be in a relationship with somebody who has the same level of drive and we're compatible when it comes to work ethic. Along the same lines, I let him continue to live with me and even got married to him when he wasn't contributing financially to our living situation. And I was constantly nagging about it. It was a topic that came up a lot, a lot, a lot. So along with work ethic and everything else, I mean, clearly, I need a partner who has work ethic and drive and wants to be at least contributing their share in terms of living together. I have been with somebody who had really no sense of what to do when it came to cleaning and chores and when to do it, you know, rarely did laundry, I am not aware of a single time that they ever cleaned the bathroom, cleaned around the house, nothing. And that's an area of incompatibility that just didn't work for me. I have stayed with somebody who I was repeatedly asking to stop calling me names. Again, if they're doing it over and over again, it's who they are. Point blank, that's who they are. I've gotten into arguments with others because I thought they should do things differently. Even kind of substance abuse issues. So I've gotten annoyed when a partner... Smokes weed every day, drinks every day. But the fact is, didn't really just come up out of the blue. They had been doing that behavior for really like the whole relationship. And I think you know, you should never be in a situation like that and assume that somebody's just gonna stop doing that eventually. These are just some examples. It might also look like telling your partner what to wear, Tell him, telling them to stop doing things that they like, thinking a partner's addiction is about you and trying to control their healing process, guilt tripping somebody, trying to protect somebody from negative consequences of their own actions, telling someone who they can hang out with. Telling your partner they can't text any member of the opposite sex. Now, I do want to make a distinction too. If you tell your partner you can't hang out with your friends anymore, that's trying to change them. It is acceptable, however, if you don't really vibe with your partner's friends to just express that you're not going to hang out with them, but you shouldn't interfere with what your partner does. I did a post recently about this on my Instagram and I was, I received a bunch of responses, but I wanted to share one response that I found really interesting and that I related to. So somebody commented, okay, well, what about asking a partner to communicate more? And I asked the commenter to elaborate a little bit. Commenter said, well, my partner's very avoidant and tends to block me out when he's having problems. He will stop messaging me for days. I've asked him to tell me that he's going through a period of needing space. so I'm not anxious about there being something wrong. And it's been difficult because I blame myself for him putting that wall up. In response, I told the commenter, you know, it actually sounds like You've already asked him to do things different, and he doesn't. You really can't force him to change. The only person you're ever able to control is yourself. If I was the commenter, I would definitely suggest, you know, assuming that partner is going to continue doing that for the rest of their life. And think about, is that enough for you? I pulled this comment out to talk about in the podcast because my ex did similar things. I would always ask him to change his communication style. And looking back, I wish I would have just said, you know what? This isn't working for me and I'm just going to end this. Because I really would like to find somebody that actually I'm compatible with in terms of communicating and doesn't just disappear for days. Like that doesn't work for me. I think a key distinction when it comes to change is thinking about it as habits versus personality. If somebody doesn't really know how to communicate with you, if they're aggressive, if they are distant by nature, you can't expect that person to change. That is their personality. If they want to put some work in on their own, that's going to be up to them. But you can't force them to change, and you really shouldn't be with somebody whose personality doesn't match with yours. Ver- Let's compare that to habits. So if somebody is in the habit of their mom doing laundry, them, but it's not changing somebody's personality to put a boundary in place. So for example, if somebody is just expecting you to do their laundry all the time, it, you know, you don't have to do their laundry. You can say, "Hey, I'm actually not your mom and I' I've noticed you never seem to do laundry for me or any laundry period, or wash the sheets, or anything, and so, you know, I'm not going to be doing your laundry anymore. You can do that on your own, and then actually following through with it, you know, not doing that person's laundry. That's not forcing somebody else to change. You're just not doing their stuff for them. At the same time, let's also talk about compromising versus. Forcing somebody to change or trying to make somebody into a different person. So compromise happens when we understand, hey, I I have different preference than this person, or I have a different opinion, but we're gonna kind of meet in the middle on this issue. If I'm asking you to change, I'm asking you to change your preference, your way of life, your opinion, and join me. Join my preference, join my way of life. An example of this happened in my last relationship. My ex was very Christian. I was never really religious prior to meeting him. I didn't grow up in a religious household. But I had also never really given much thought to my own spirituality and religion. And I was not only supportive of him i went to church with him prayed with him joined church groups joined a church got baptized but i actually was really interested in my own and you know he outside of his religion kind of finding my own so i found my own church that i like and dug into my beliefs and That was an example of compromise. Now, what he did in the situation is an example of trying to change somebody. It turned out he wanted somebody to believe verbatim everything that he believed about Christianity. So he not only wanted somebody who was Christian, but he wanted somebody who, on every single point, just agreed with everything that he said when it came to Christianity. So I was accepting him for who he was and compromised and I really, you know, I actually have no problem being with somebody who is a different religious background or religious, holds different religious beliefs than I do as long as that person feels the same towards me. My ex was expecting me to change and to conform to his exact belief system. And so that's not compromise. If you can't respect and accept your friend, your partner's, whoever's belief, I mean, that's not, it's not going to work out. You can only have differing beliefs on something like that if you're able to respect that, respect that they're different. I think a lot of this kind of a light bulb clicked for me because a lot of this kind of falls in line when you start thinking about what are deal breakers for me? What are things that I value in life? Like what are my values and what are red flags? And I did a ton of work on that last year. If you've Bought my workbook and, you know, gone through that. There's sections in there of, you know, what I consider to be bare minimums and what I consider to be red flags, things like that. So I did a lot of that last year, and that was the same year that I realized you can't change people. I think I got into trouble in this area before because. Compatibility and incompatibility. I mean, that that was a foreign concept to me. My self worth was so tied to my relationship status. I, I hadn't, guys. I'm telling you, I didn't have boxes that I was comparing to people. Like it, whatever date I went on. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy is perfect. He's amazing. So great. Well, yeah, everybody's going to seem great when you don't have any standards and you don't know what you're looking for. And so then once you're in the relationship and you start actually, you know, seeing who you're with, you're like, okay, wait, I want to do some changing here. That's not how dating works. Dating is as much about figuring out what you don't like and what you don't want as it is about finding somebody that you do like. So every date you go on, every person you date, it's actually so healthy and normal to say, you know what, this guy is not a good fit for me. This person is not a good fit for me. This human is not a good fit for me. This is another human being that's in front of you. This is another person that you're looking at. You don't get to go to a build a bear workshop or I guess a build a partner workshop and create the partner that you want. You are just looking in this big old world for somebody that you can accept as they are. I challenge you, it's not just dating, it's friends. I challenge you the next time you're on a date, the next time you're around friends. But for anyone that's currently in a relationship and struggling, ask yourself this Can I accept this person just as they are? Can I be with this person? And can I assume they are never, ever, ever going to change? Am I okay with that? Is that somebody that I can be happy with? I think that's so huge. I mean, it's so important to think that. And look, I'm not perfect. No one is perfect. I'm not telling you, you have to find the most perfect person in the entire world. That's not it. You need to find somebody that they have flaws and they annoy you, but it's not in deal breaker ways. So, again, in order to do that, you need to know your deal breakers. Think about the big things that drive you crazy, that you cannot stand, that you cannot be around. And that's Who you can't be with. If somebody just has some quirks. And they kind of annoy you. But like I said. It's impossible. We don't get to create other people. And there's no such thing as perfect. It's totally okay to have have a friend that does annoying things. To have a partner that does annoying things. That's going to happen. You're looking for somebody. That just kind of annoys you in ways that you can live with. The key is you should never stay with somebody hoping they'll change. Especially somebody you've already talked about the issues with. You've got to look at it and you've got to assume, okay, this person that I'm with right now, this is what they're going to be forever. If that freaks you out, if you do not like that picture, get out. Move on. And you know, I guess I should clarify. This is assuming that you are looking for somebody that you want to spend a long time with. You might just be looking for somebody to hook up with and. You know, this isn't going to apply to every situation and I'm not judging whatever your situation may be. This is only applying to somebody who's really seeking to find a healthy relationship, whether that's a long-term friendship, a long-term partnership, a long-term intimate relationship, That's where this is coming from. Think about it like you wouldn't want somebody to come and change you. That wouldn't feel good. If you're trying to change somebody else, you're not going to be happy. If you're trying to change somebody's personality, somebody's deeply held beliefs, you're not going to be happy. And here's the thing, if you want to change the person, that means you don't like who they are. That you aren't able to accept them as they are. When I made that post I mentioned earlier, I got some messages where people were like, well, I'm just trying to help them. And it really made me think about, are you actually trying to help this person? Or are you actually imposing what you do what you think the world should look like and your own values and your own beliefs onto somebody else. This is hard to hear, but your values and your beliefs are not everybody else's. It's really not up to you to decide that yours are better than anybody else's either. The only thing you can control is yourself. You cannot control somebody else. You can control if you express your needs and your boundaries, but you can't control if somebody else agrees with them or follows through with them. And that's a huge part of realizing you cannot change somebody. Your partner, your friends, your family, they're not your projects. It's not your job to mentor them or parent them. You know, it's it's just not. You cannot live other people's lives for them. I want to make a distinction here. If somebody comes to you on their own, wanting to change and wanting support, assuming, of course, this isn't some manipulation tactic, if they actually are, you know, coming to you saying, hey, I want to change this area of my life. Like, will you help me? If your partner wants to do that, if that person wants to do that on their own, awesome. Super awesome. Kudos to them. That's great. I think it's okay in that situation to play a supporting role to be their true leader. But that's different than attempting to change somebody when they don't want to, because that does not work. The hardest truth, the hardest pill to swallow. Is if you want to change somebody, they aren't right for you. You're not compatible with them. And there's so many other people, you guys. There's so many other people out there in the world. And it has nothing to do with how amazing you are, how great you are. It doesn't. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. This person just isn't for you. It also has nothing to do with that other person. I mean, gosh, even in my examples earlier about work ethic, that's a great example. Does that mean that somebody with a better work ethic is a better person? No. There's probably so many people out there, so many you know people that match that X's work ethic and style, and there's somebody out there that would vibe better with him, and that's awesome. That's great. It's not to say that one character trait or one personality trait is better than the other. It's just recognizing what values, what personality traits are really important to you. And what do you need in your partner that if it doesn't exist, it's not going to work out? And again, so for me, that, that does look like being with somebody that's driven and hardworking. However, that doesn't make me better. <laughs> that doesn't make, I'm not virtue signaling here. I'm not saying that's better. I'm saying that's just something that's important to me. I want to share a couple really cool quotes from books that I've read with you on this topic. So, one is from the book called The Alchemist. Everyone seems to have a clear idea of how other people should lead their lives, but none about his or her own. Next is from Harriet Lerner's The Dance of Anger. We cannot make another person change his or her steps to an old dance. But if we change our own steps, the dance no longer can continue in the same predictable pattern. Then the last few quotes are by Michael P. Nichols' The Lost Art of Listening. You don't change relationships by changing other people. You change patterns of relating by changing yourself in relation to them. Personality is dynamic, not fixed. The dynamic Personality position posits that it is possible for people to change. All we have to do is change our responses to each other. We are not victims, we are participants in a real way, and the consequences of our participation is profound. He goes on to say, Let others be themselves while you continue to be yourself. And learning to resist automatic reactions strengthens you and transforms your relationship. A relationship matures when you allow the other person to be who he or she is. Finally, I'm going to end the episode with some questions from The Language of Letting Go by Melody Beattie. She asks, If we weren't trying to control whether a person liked us or her reaction to us, what would we do differently? If we weren't trying to control the course of a relationship, what would we do differently? If we weren't trying to control another person's behavior, how would we think, feel, speak, and behave differently than we do now? What haven't we been letting ourselves do while hoping that self-denial would influence a particular situation or person. Woo! I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I did put some worksheets in the podcast show notes about there's some with codependency and then there's some cool worksheets I found about what we can control and what we can't control. So I would love it if you check those out. They will be helpful for you. If you like the podcast, a new episode drops every single Monday. Also, for similar content, be sure to follow me on Instagram. My account is at codependentrecovery. I wrote a workbook. It's 98 pages. It's available worldwide in print or ebook, And it's for people going through a divorce or a breakup. A link is in the show notes if you want to purchase that. I also launched two cool initiatives in October. They are community initiatives, a way to connect. I participate in them. And it has grown and we have people all over the world in them. It's really awesome. One is a book club. I announced the whole 2021 list. So you can see all the books we're going to read. We read one book a month, and then we meet once a month to discuss the book. The other initiative, I call them community hangs. Again, they happen on Zoom. They're once a month, and we basically just hang out for a few hours, and we all talk and catch up. It's a really cool way to connect during the pandemic, especially. If you do the book club, it's $3 a month. If you do the community hang, it's $3 a month. So, if you do both, it's $6 a month. Awesome. Well, I will see you guys next week. And I hope you have an amazing week. And it's full of wonderfulness and happy moments. And you get to just be your best selves this week. I'll talk to you next Monday, friends.